people of God, children of our Heavenly Father, saints in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometime around 90 AD, the Apostle John was exiled to the uh, island of Patmos. Persecution had already swept through the Roman Empire. John's brother James had already been killed for his faithful proclamation that Jesus is the Christ. And others were suffering for their faith. In the first century, the saints of the Lord were quite often directly in harm's way because of who they were, what they believed, and how they practiced their faith. It was into this culture of death that the Lord of the church granted John a a wonderful vision, namely what we have in the book of Revelation. The Lord provided a, a vision of the risen Christ and his church, that is, his people, his children, his saints in glory. In chapter 7, we catch a glimpse of the saints of the Lord who have been called, gathered, and enlightened uh, and sanctified by the Holy Spirit through the gospel. Here we see them firmly at rest and at peace, protected from the culture of death from which they had come. The saints at rest, well, they're called the church triumphant, for they enjoy respite from sin, from death, and from the devil on account of Jesus' sacrificial death and victory over these, our enemies. Those who have died in faith to Christ, well, they're receiving what was promised. They're seeing with their eyes their Savior face to face. Here, John and the church throughout all the ages is given a, a vision of hope. For this vision has not yet fully been realized. It wasn't in John's lifetime, and it wasn't and has not yet in ours. The vision, or the fulfillment of this vision, is what we are waiting for with eager anticipation, especially for us saints who are now alive on earth and who are living by faith. You and I who, and all who live by faith in Christ, waiting for this vision to be fulfilled, we are called the church militant. We are the ones who are still struggling, fighting, battling, engaging in warfare against the prince of darkness, our own sin, and then death. We are the ones who are living now in our current culture of death, battling with the strength that the Holy Spirit gives through the Word and through His sacraments. And we are the ones who are crying out, probably on a daily basis, Hosanna, Lord, save us. We know about the battle that goes on around us. I mean, the Christian church is currently persecuted more widely and more severely than it was in John's day. Even in our own country, where, where we have religious freedoms, those like us who confess Jesus as Lord and Christ often face ridicule and mocking. Beyond the persecution of the church, we see the effects of the devil's lies and sin's sway over God's good creation. Marriage is redefined, 
unborn children are killed. Hatred and violence are acted upon with shootings in schools and in workplaces. And then on top of that, all creation is groaning. We experience hurricanes, fires, earthquakes, and they all claim lives. We live in a culture, in a world of sin and death. And to that we cry out, Hosanna, Lord, save us. And sin and death has affected us deeply. Not just by what we see going on around us, but what we struggle or suffer, suffer with and struggle against ourselves. We live with the sad reality of laying dearly loved ones to rest. We struggle with the reality of our own mortality. We live with the reality that, pay, that pays the full wage of death uh, uh, to ourselves and to others. You know, when we turn in the book of Revelation, we see the Lord in his righteous judgment purging his creation from sin and from death, and in his grace and mercy saving his saints. From Revelation 7, the first three verses. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, do not harm them. Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. The Lord reveals this vision of the four angels waiting to bring about destruction upon the earth, executing God's righteous judgment against sin. This isn't just a limited, although disturbing, destruction as we have witnessed in recent hurricane in Florida with mighty winds that blow. But this is end-of-the-world destruction. And hearing that, that might fill your hearts all the more with fear and dread. But look, the Lord is revealing that this will not come about until the total or the complete number of God's servants are sealed. That means baptized into Christ marked with the cross upon their heads and foreheads, sealing them as ones redeemed by Christ the crucified, given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And see, that's good news for you. As you've been baptized, the Lord of the church has called you to be his saint. And because he lives, you now live, forgiven, redeemed, and sealed. His victory is yours, but you don't yet live in all of its fullness. You are his saints as you live now in faith to him, but you wait to live, uh, to live with him, seeing Jesus face to face. You live now with the Lord's promise of protection, but that doesn't mean that he will spare you from tribulation in this earthly life. For Jesus himself has said, in this world you will suffer tribulation. 
You know, brothers and sisters in Christ, the, the number of those who were affected by Hurricane Ian, there were saints of the Lord among the dead. Among those who were shot in schools, there among them were saints of the Lord. Many of our loved ones whom we have laid to rest, they are also saints of the Lord. John's brother James, Peter, Paul, they were and they still are saints of the Lord who were not spared from the wages of sin. But they were and they are protected and delivered from them. Thanks be to God, for nothing can separate the saints from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Height, depth, powers, principalities, there's nothing in all of creation. We are protected and we are held fast by those pierced hands of Jesus. In this world, you will have tribulation. Yes, this is true, but Jesus goes on to say, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And here's where we find comfort. If we read on a few more verses, we come to our hope. Remember that hope that is seen is not hope, right? Otherwise, you know, we'd already have it. But in the following verses, the Lord reveals a glimpse of the church triumphant to you and to I and to all the church that is still militant. He goes on to say, After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and they worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. What a glorious vision A vision of what is still yet to come. A vision of a reality that has been inaugurated by the sacrificial death of Jesus and by his glorious resurrection from the dead. A vision based on the reality that God in his righteous judgment against our sin poured out his punishment on Jesus instead of us who deserve it. Oh, the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. And here we catch a glimpse of what the fullness of his rule and his reign will look like. Behold, the number of the saints is complete, and it's beyond number. The saints are gathered from all over the world, and look, they're waving palm branches. The shouts of Hosanna, Lord, save us, well, they have been fulfilled. They are replaced with shouts of victory. Salvation belongs to our God. The palm branches that were once waved in anticipation of the Messiah's victory in Jerusalem are now waved in certain victory in the new Jerusalem, 
For Christ the King is victorious over all of his enemies. He has crushed the head of the serpent. He has forgiven mankind's sin through the blood of the Lamb shed on the cross. And that last enemy, that last enemy called death, is finally vanquished. And look, the king brings with him his army, his people, his children, his saints. Those who are militant, they are now victorious. What comfort, what hope, and how sorely we need it. How sorely our families need it. How sorely do our communities and those in this world need it. As we live here and now as baptized saints of the Lord, now is the time where we fight, we struggle, we are doing battle. But our weapons are not the weapons of the world. No, our weapons are the weapons of the Lord. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The shield of faith by which our eyes are ever fixed on Jesus so that the assaults of the evil one may be endured. And the battle cry of the saints, voiced in prayer. As we battle in prayer for ourselves and for others, so that we cling more firmly to the hope that we have in Christ's victory over our enemies, we we pray for our families and our community that the, the sword of the Spirit would might be wielded among us, so that all that hinders faith might be cut down. We pray with the Holy Spirit and with all the saints as as Christ intercedes for us that you, your families, and our communities would be full of comfort and hope in Christ Jesus the King. And while we fight, while we pray, there is also a healthy dose of, of mourning that goes on. Mourning over our, uh, mourning for our neighbors who are in need beyond what we can physically provide. Mourning over the ongoing rejection of, of Christ and his reign. Mourning over our own sin. Yes, dear saints in the Lord, there's plenty to mourn over. In fact, mourning is part of being the church militant. It's a right response when we see our own sin and the effects of sin in the world. Mourning is a, a right response when we see fellow saints taken from this earthly life. It is a right response. It's a saintly response. For Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And so we mourn. But we mourn with hope. You know, comfort may come in part here and now, but the fullness of that comfort will come when the Lord comes again in glory, raises those saints who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Listen to the fulfillment of comfort. Therefore, they are before the throne of God, and they serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. 
and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Saints of the Lord, as you battle in prayer, as you mourn, as you live in a culture of sin and death, in a world, world full of sin and death that is under attack from the devil, take comfort and have hope. Your faith is not in vain because your faith is in Christ Jesus who lives and reigns. You will be vindicated. We who cry out today, Hosanna, Lord, save us, can say with confidence that we will one day join in the cry of the saints from every tongue and tribe and nation, crying out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. For when Jesus comes again in glory, we may all lay our weapons down. And the battle will be over. And then we will live in the fullness of the King's victory forever and ever, and see our Lord Jesus Christ face to face. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus until that great and glorious day. Amen.